Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. Melanie Struder is my next guest. Melanie is a co-host of Next Phase Parenting Summit and founder of Parenting High Schoolers, where she shares ideas for parents of teens, self-care for moms, resources, insights, and inspiration for you as you travel this road called life. She's a wife, mom of three great kids in their teens and early 20s, educator, speaker, and parenting mentor. Join us as we talk about raising teens. Thank you, Mel, for joining us today. I'm so excited about what you're going to share. This is going to be great. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Tell me more about parent-teen relationships. I know that it's pretty typical, especially here in the U.S., to have that relationship not be that great when, as a parent, when you're thinking into the future, you want to have a great relationship with your teen now so that as an adult or as they become young adults and older adults, that that relationship is fostered. So what are you seeing as a mentor to families? What's going on? What are you seeing? Well, I think there's a couple reasons for the fact that people are struggling with, you know, including myself, you probably had struggles. I mean, there are just times when you do struggle because teenagers are, they're just moody people. But here's the thing. If you are, if you are a listener, if you're a parent that has a young, has a preteen or a elementary, my, my advice to you would be to start now to foster connections, to have ongoing scheduled intentional conversations we wrapped it around like grade time like every six weeks whether they had good or bad grades whether things were going well or not you know just sort of we touch base about their grades what could we do to improve them or you know hey you're doing great so what else could we be doing you know what sport was next in the season just those kinds of things So, but I will say that the reason that a lot of what I do now as a blogger and an author and a speaker was what happened, we felt like, got this, you know, they are pretty good kids, you know, we're doing, hey, let's pat ourselves on the back. And, and we had done fine. No, you know, we'd, we'd had our ups and downs, but when our oldest son turned 14, it was like this evil creature emerged and I wouldn't go so far as evil, but this person became our Sam became someone, not Sam. And so, and I think by us just assuming things were going well and not continuing those purposeful and intentional conversations with him, he started floundering. And so we were backpedaling and trying to think, okay, how can we, A, this, we got to fix this. You know, he's, he's not a terrible beast and, you know, we need to help him figure that out as well. So 
we sort of went back and thought, okay, well, let's reconnect with these conversations. And we just started talking to, I, I am a huge fan of mentor moms. I always am asking someone that has older kids, you know, even way older, like, okay, did you ever have this happen? Like, what did you do? So I'm a questioner and a researcher. And so that's where my blog came from. And that's where our connection with Sam was reestablished. It took a while. And that's another thing. I think if things are already, if you're a parent of a teen, especially like that 13, 14 year old, and you're listening to this now, it's a struggle, whether things are, have been good or possibly they were not good when they were younger. So baby steps. I think a lot of times when we realize there is a problem that we want it to be fixed immediately. I mean, that's me. I'm like, okay, what can we do? Let's do it. But you know, it took a while to get this way. So it's going to take away a while to un get this way. Yeah. So I think patience and respecting our kids, even though they may turn into this person that we're not really familiar with and that we're not really crazy about at this moment to know that they are struggling as well. And that it's up to us. We're the parents. We need to, we need to throw them the rope. We need to create that link to help them get back on board with where we want them to be or where we had hoped they would be by now. And it's going to take time. Yeah. But I, I think, and I also think a lot of people think oh, teenagers, they're horrible. Well, that's feeding into a situation that that does not have to be. It does not have to be. I mean, there are going to be bad days. Don't get me wrong. And I, and we still have them. I still have a teenager in my house, but in general, if you are intentional and purposeful and you really schedule conversations, even just five minute ones, just to check in. Um, I think that goes a long way for our kids to know a, that they're important to us and that we really do care. And that's yeah. what they need to see and hear from us. I think that's the biggest uh, priority right there is that we're not 100% with our kids. That's the bottom line. I don't mm-hmm. care if your kids are in traditional school or if they're homeschooled like mine were, or if they're in college even living at home in college, they, you don't have 100% knowledge of what's going on in their life, who they're interacting with, what those conversations are like, or how they're perceiving those conversations and those interactions, because all of that can be very different from the reality that is. I know, you know, we take things that people say to us the wrong way sometimes, or God help you, you know, on your cell phone with likes or tags or whatever people just, they're, they're getting their, um, their, who they are, their validation from other people. And that shouldn't be the person, the people who care the most about your teens are you family, family are the ones who care the most. Uh, you, you and I talked earlier that, you know, what do you do about the child that is whole up in their room, right? And, and they're not communicating, right? When my daughter, who's the oldest one left for college, I suddenly realized that my son was up in his room. He had never been there. He'd never done that before. 
because he had his sister. They were inseparable. They were best friends. They'll tell you now as adults, they were best friends even growing up. So we had to realize that something had to change. We had to make some changes within our home and in our communication so that that wasn't where he stayed. Uh, is it fine to be in your room now and then? Sure, but it shouldn't be where you want to be. You shouldn't want to be alone all the time because life isn't alone. Life is communicating with others. Right. Um, so as an aside to that, I have a YouTube video and one of my videos is about that. And, you know, it is natural for our teens to start to pull away and to need alone time. But my two sort of caveats to that are basically, number one, that time needs to be limited, like you just mentioned, you know, it, it cannot and should not be all day, we would not let our husband or wife or other children or whoever live in their room. So there's no reason for a teenager to, you know, but yes, so they come home, they need to decompress, they need an hour or so to just, you know, maybe take a snack and just chill. But my other thing about that is, besides limiting it, is if they want to be alone and they're wanting to decompress and they're wanting just to be, then they don't need a device in that room. They don't need an iPad. They don't need a phone. They don't need their computer. Maybe, you know, you could put an Echo Dot in there where they can have a little music. But, you know, that was sort of our thing. Um, and after their hour or whatever, now, if you're at a place where they're in their nine hours or whatever, they come in and they're there till they go to bed, like that, Hey, that's not okay. It, it wouldn't have been okay in my house. So start, and this is where you've got to do those baby steps. So, you know what, mm -hmm. we're going to reduce it down. I would like to get it to one hour on school days and maybe on weekends, you know, maybe a couple hours. I mean, I think that's okay. There needs to be give and take, and they need to see that you're willing to work with them. That's the other thing is. If, if we are wanting them to respect us, we need to kind of respect them. And they do need that privacy. But um, so work your way to where it is reasonable in your mind. It, your time limit might be different than mine, but there needs to be a limit. And really go open that. Just say, I'm going to just, I'm going to knock. And then I'm going to open the door at whatever time you have said. And you, and my kids were still allowed to kind of stay in there but the door had to be open and then they had, to, they had to come out fairly soon because there were things that needed to be done. Maybe there were chores or homework or, you know, they had a paper route or a practice or whatever it was. So, um, and it's just not healthy. They can't, it, when they're alone that long, it's too long with their own thoughts. I don't, I'm not good with my own thoughts for that long and they don't know how to handle that. That's, you know, we're still struggling with that, like with COVID and everything, like I totally am an introvert. And so I love just being in my home, but I have adapted and I know the things that are comfort comforting to me, but they have not figured those things out yet. They're in that process, but no, I totally, yeah, that, absolutely. That is, it's a natural thing, but it needs to be limited. Yeah. 100%. You know, I think communication is probably the, the most difficult skill that parents need to learn with their kids. And as you mentioned, the earlier, the better, definitely the earlier, the better, because it's not just, well, tell me about your day, which is awesome if they'll tell you about their day. Uh, yeah. But, you know, coming at that out of the blue, you're like, excuse me, right? I mean, it's just, it can be a little harsh. So 
it may be that you need to address the entire address the elephant in the room johnny you know i'm seeing that we're not really communicating well or that i really don't know what's going on in your life and i really want to be part of it um and uh, address it come at it from a perspective of you're becoming an adult i want to help you get there the right way and i want our relationship to be fostered so that when you are out on your own you still feel comfortable checking in with me and seeing how i'm doing right mm -hmm. because it is it is an opportunity for mutual respect i think i got lucky with my kids because early in my parenting another person such as yourself was teaching a parenting course and within that parenting course one of the things that i will never forget was teaching your kids to make choices to make the right choices and giving them offering choices for a lot of things that mm -hmm. are okay with you as a parent right you know and when you teach them to make the right choices when you offer choices it gets their brains figuring out how to discern how to make the right decisions for themselves as they grow up one of the things that occurred later in life with my now adult children they will call there's a problem and all i have to do is listen and they will talk and talk and talk and talk and they will talk themselves into whatever the solution is for them i don't have to say a word i was just there right and that's the goal the goal is to have them be able to make decisions to be you know healthy adults where they can see and they can cut it off at the at the at the root negative thoughts that are going to impact their life negatively and right. teenagers are the worst at that it's hormones sorry you know their bodies are changing they don't know what's going on but these things affect their gut microbiome it affects their brain chemistry and they're just not well equipped there are things in their body that have not been developed well enough to make those decisions on their own that's why they need to be like you said with the family right yeah. family that wants to be with them that enjoys the conversation with them that's asking about how their day went and how, you know conversations with their friends well great you went to soccer today that's awesome tell me about it right you know? Or, you know, and, 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 and a lot of times it's much easier to get an answer from your teen if a couple things, first, you know, you have to listen more than you talk, like you just mentioned and ask open-ended questions and don't expect an immediate answer, you know, let them think about like, that's something I struggle with is I don't, I I'm pretty good at open-ended questions as I've been in the classroom for, you know, 20 plus years. But what I struggle with is waiting for the answer, not like just assuming I know it or prompting them. You know, it, if I am truly curious and respecting what they have to say, I have to let them say it. My oldest boy is probably my most verbal. So I never really had to prompt him, but my youngest is my quietest. And sometimes he'll just look at me and he'll go, mom, you just, you just answer my question for me. And it, and I can see that he's frustrated and he's not happy with me. And I, you know, here's the other thing is as parents, we need to be willing to say, we're sorry. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and own it. Um, I say, I'm sorry all the time. I, I have a kind of pretty snappy, you know, I'll, you know, my tone is not the best a lot of times and I really been working on it. Well, you know, I've had a teenager in my house for 14 years and I've got a few more years to go and it's so hard not to just react back. And I find myself still after all these years of being an adult and being a mom and I snap and I'm like, and I just immediately, I'm pretty good now. I didn't used to be, but I'll just say, you know what, I'm gonna take a breath. I'm really sorry. Um, what did you want to say or whatever the case is? And I think we need to, to mod, you know, there's so many things that we need to be willing to a do like that. And just to model, like how, relationships and conversations need to look because mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to get great advice in that from school or friends, you no. know, there's too many other things going on. It is a learning process for everyone and not every technique or strategy works for every child. So you may have to try different things, you know, uh, well, there's right. just a and, lot of opportunities. Yeah. Right. And sometimes the technique that works with child a today is not even going to work tomorrow. It's like, true. You're just juggling like all, like you're juggling your kids and your techniques and, you know, just try to, you know, I think something that moms forget to do too, is to refresh yourself, to take time out to like every morning I get, and I am not, I am absolutely not a morning person, but this is how I have survived is I get up an hour before my kids and I have my coffee and I have my quiet time and I, you know, I even a lot of times have time to sort of have gone through my emails. Like I, I have a sense of accomplishment before anyone enters my kitchen. You know, I'm just, I, I've grounded myself. And I think if you start, you're jumping out of bed and you're rushing around. And at least for me, I, I, it just does not start my day off in a place where I am at peace. And I, and that is so important. Now, you know, there are times like when in the past, like the kids were sick or, you know, things happen, but in general, if I can make it happen. And I think for each of us, we need to find out if morning's not your thing, then maybe after they go to bed or right when they leave for school, there's gotta be even 15 minutes is, is so key to our mental health. And I think a lot of moms have a tendency to ignore it because you're just, you're used to taking care of everyone else. It's become way more important to me in the last probably three or four years. And I have really benefited, I think, from it. I think we all can. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's one of the things that, especially moms or whoever the caregiver is at home, it is difficult to balance the time because you are busy all of the time trying to get everything done, get everybody on track. And, you know, especially if you have, you know, more than just a couple of kids, it becomes harder with every child, Uh, you know, and if you're working, it's just, it's a thing. There's a lot of moving parts, but you have to add in there that moving part that says, I need time for me just a little, and it can be just drinking your tea or your coffee. Um, My mother polishing her nails. Oh, that's what she did. That was her Zen. That was what she did for herself. And yeah. that's awesome. Now that did not translate to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everyone's different and that worked for her. And, you know, I think 
I think as long as you're searching for whatever it is and you're making time for yourself and maybe it's going to evolve, like maybe, you know, what I'm doing now in another year is going to look different. And I think Mm -hmm. we need to give ourselves the freedom to a take care of ourselves so that we can take care of everyone else, because that is our job. And I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I know I am better at my job and I enjoy it so much more if I have put myself, you know, maybe not first, but like up there, you know? Um, Well, and that's something too, you know, you're modeling this for your kids if they see it, right? If you haven't done this in the, you know, in the closet, so to speak. (laughs) But it is something that when it comes to uh, coaching parents to coach their kids on college success, one of the things that we talk about is your kid needs an opportunity to do something fun, something for themselves, something that they enjoy. What is, what is that 15 minute or that five minute thing they can do between studying? Because college is freaking hard. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're valedictorian at your high school, you can be valedictorian at the best high school in the world. And college is still going to be a struggle. It's meant to be that way. It just is. So if they learn early to take some time for themselves, what is it that, that you can do for you that puts you in that moment to breathe. It might be, it might be walking the hallway. It could be, I need to go outside. I need, I need fresh air. I need to see grass and trees, whatever it is, but find what it is, but it should not be for, for this particular purpose. It should not be checking email, um, getting on a video game because those things or being on social media, why? Because these are time suckers. Yep. Even though sometimes what you're reading or what you're doing is fun, it's still a time sucker. It's not something you can easily put five minutes or 15 minutes on, cut it off and then get back to work. And that's the goal is to do something for you that says that was for me. And now I can get back to work and do things that I also need to do for me, but that might actually be a little more productive than having a cup of coffee or painting your your nails, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and it's great if your child has a hobby, you know, to take that, like for girls, it might be something like cross stitch or crochet. And for guys, maybe they have a sketchbook or, you know, for those adult coloring books are great. And there are some really funny ones um, that, you know, that a guy might even like, they may not want to do butterflies, but you know, maybe (laughs) they do. Um, But yeah, just, there's so many outlets that are, our kids, I just so encourage kids to have a hobby for, for just as a life skill, you just need to have a way, like you said, to just escape. And it does need to start, you know, it it probably needs to start in like middle school because by the time you get to college, maybe you could pick from two or three things that you like, and then you've got it for the rest of your life. That's, you know, that's something I had, um, I was not an artist ever. I mean, far from it, but I liked, I like paper scraps. And so I've always just kind of made things. And that was kind of what I would do in college just to kill some time. You know, people would bring me like their old birthday cards and, and I would just, whatever, you know, yeah. make stuff. Well, but- you mentioned that it's, it's pretty funny. You mentioned it because my son, one of the things that he enjoyed doing early in, in his college career is he learned how to do, um, or origami paper folding stuff. 
So he I would do that. That's cool. Cool stuff like that. So, you know, you can have your own little menagerie on your desk as you're yeah. doing your homework. Or if you, if your child enjoys music, you know, maybe it's listening to two or three songs of their favorite artist, whatever it might be. Right. With a timer. Just, yeah. <laughs> with a timer, it's just gotta be something that you're not going to go, Oh, just one more minute because that one more minute is going to be 30 or an hour. You know, it has to be something that you can actually cut off and not feel guilty about cutting it off and then continue with what's important with what has to have has to happen. Right. Right. For your school success or job success or whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. And this is true for all ages and it, it would be beneficial for parents. If you can institute this type of a thing in the middle school years, because mm-hmm. high school, as we know, it has become more and more competitive, more and more difficult for most kids and more and more challenging. And if they can learn these, I call it study skills, but it's really just taking care of yourself skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can learn to do these while they're in high school, then they will automatically put them in place for college. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's, it's so important for us to remember that we've had all of these years to accumulate our knowledge at base and, and our habits and everything, and they're still, they're still learning and figuring it out. And so that these are, when I talk about like planned and scheduled and intentional conversations, those are some things that, you know, you not only need to talk about like goals and, you know, are we going to college or, or, or if not, what is the plan? Like all those kinds of things, but even little things like, you know, what are you going to do when you have five minutes? Like, so we need to remember that these are all things that we already know. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I, um, each of the boys, I have a notebook, it's just a spiral notebook. And in the back, I would, if something would cross my mind, and I also had a list on my phone, like, oh, I should, Sometime in one of our conversations, I need to cover this. And even if it was just a quick sentence or two, um, and sometimes it would be a huge thing, like, um, what is, what have you done to get a job for next summer? You know, whatever the case was, but, and then the front of the notebook was, you know, we would date it and like what went on in the conversation and did somebody, you know, was there homework assigned? Like, um, do you need to make a phone call to a couple of prospective employers? Or um, did you need to talk to a teacher about something? And then, when we would come back together, the reason why I started keeping a notebook was in the beginning, we didn't because I was like, whatever, but then we would argue and we would spend all this time and they would say, no, we didn't talk about that. And I was like, ah, you know, so I highly encourage you just to get a spiral notebook and put their name on if they want to decorate it, great, whatever, but have it in a place where you can both add topics in the back that you want to talk about. Maybe they have a question, maybe they have a concern. Or if you don't want them to have access to the notebook, because maybe it could get lost, maybe they give you a post-it and you can stick it in there yourself, you know, whatever works. But I do think when you are intentionally parenting that they see that you, A, take this job seriously because it is a serious job, but also that you care about them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a piece that a lot of teenage and teenage parents are missing that they that there is this care factor that if the teens aren't seeing it or feeling it I mean they're not dumb they are they know and that again you're not gonna have perfect days you're gonna have perfect kids this isn't eliminate any issue at all 
but at least you've got a you've already you're already in sync you're already so you're you've hopefully are forming a bridge or you have a bridge that you can work from you know maybe they're gonna fall off you know a couple times but you're there to pull them back up being the parent that is engaged is really important i can remember when my children were little and going to preschool, I remember a parent who the teacher had placed the child's coloring sheets or whatever the project was in his backpack. And he would come back on Monday morning and that backpack had not been opened. This was a parent that was just, it was babysitting and the parent really didn't care what was going on. This was constant. It was, it was obvious that there was no interaction there, that this, you know, was just a kid and here you go and just coming along and that was it. You don't want to parent in that way. You want to be the engaged parent that helps your child become an independent, productive young adult. And the only way to do that is to help them, well, basically to think, you know, help them to be able to make decisions. Uh, Critical thinking skills is really important, but these things don't come just out of the blue. They are taught or caught or both? I've taught preschool for nine years. And then the last two years I was in middle school and now I'm back in, I'm in pre-K now. And it's funny that you say that because the parents that pick up their kids and they're on their phone, this is my hugest pet peeve. The, the, there's, their children are so excited. They're, they miss their mommies, their daddies, whoever it is that picking it. They're so excited. And then they're little, you can just watch their face just fall. And even in middle school, it was kind of amazing. Um, you know, there, it was a tough bunch. I was in a tough school for a couple of years and you could tell who just craved your, my teacher love, what I had mm-hmm. to give to them because they weren't getting it anywhere else, you know, and it just breaks your heart. So if you can do anything else to, for your kids, just, just listen, just be there for them. They, they want you. So they don't even know how bad they want you. And here's what I have learned too, is we don't even know how bad they need us. We don't even know. So if we are trying at least a little bit, it's, it's that you are going, you are so far in the right direction. Yeah. It it makes a huge difference. It really does. And I'm going to take a quick step back. It's not that we're bad parents. It's that we don't know, we don't realize what's going on in our children's minds, in in their psyche, as far as how, you know, if they see us constantly on the cell phone, well, that's what they think they have to do is be on their cell phone all the time, right? And that's just a simple example, but they're going to mimic what you're doing. And if you think 20, 30 years down the road, is this how you want them to react, to behave, et cetera, as a parent to your grandchild? Because this, we are paying this forward, like it or not, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and we don't think that we're bad parents. We don't realize what we're doing is being perceived negatively by our children because we're just busy. We all have a life. I get that. Right. But you've got to make this time with your kids. I don't care if they're like you said, middle school, all the way through college, conversations need to be had. And it's better if you can start those earlier, 
But if you already have college students or high school students, start them now. Conversation is so exactly. important. It's never too late. And, 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 and start small. Like if you think you're going to get pushback or you think, I think you'll be surprised by the fact that maybe, maybe you will just depends on that relationship, but start small. Say, you know, I just, I just need 15 minutes. Let's do what's your Sunday look like. And, and to say that, and I just, I just want to talk and just say, mostly I'm going to listen. I, I have like two questions and like really think in your head, like, what do I mostly at the, what do I have to, or need to know or want to know the most and then and set the timer so that they know that you're respecting their time and you can always say well do you have, do you have five more minutes like make mm -hmm. it help them to make that decision and to see that you are really going to respect their time and that you want this to work and then just say okay that went great so I really have a topic that I think we need to talk about college so like could we meet what, what's your Sunday two weeks from now look like? Could we maybe meet for 30 minutes? Cause that's a little bit more, you know, and like play around with it. Like it doesn't have to be like an all day thing. Right. And like with my sons, when they were younger, our, our middle son is very active and, you know, sitting on a couch or whatever, that was not going to work with him. So we would go out and as terrible as I was with basketball, I would be the rebounder. And so my husband and we, and it was all one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, we still did family meetings, but I think it's the one-on-one that's -on -one where it's at. And we would go out and we would talk and it, time would fly. He wouldn't even know that we'd been out there for like 45 minutes, you know? And it was time that he was enjoying with us and we were getting what we needed from him and he was loving it. So, and even into the high school years, sometimes you go, can we go play basketball? You know, again, That's so, awesome. you know, your kids better than anyone. And so take advantage of that information, you know, go fishing or there's so many activities that help a conversation go better. Cause you don't have to like, look at each other. That's true. Talk in the dark. There's, there's just a million ways to connect with your kids. And it doesn't have to be like sitting on the couch looking at each other like they're they'll probably gag on that like okay mom yeah I'm exactly done, exactly know? and one of the things that I found and again you know your children better than anyone else I found that for my kids and when I was homeschooling my kids I also taught a homeschool class for high school math what I found is that it was very quiet until I brought food out if there were snacks on the table, they would talk. I mean, it was as if we had a party. There was only five kids, but it was definitely something that brought them together and allowed them to speak. And again, like you said, if they're, if they have, if they're reaching for, for M&Ms and putting in their mouth, they don't feel like they have to talk directly at someone and, and have eye contact with the person who's talking with them. It's a lot easier and find what is it that interests your child for my son. He loves to cook. So he'll call me once in a while and just tell me about a new recipe he's trying, or maybe he'll have a question about something that's cooking related, but it's a starting point for a conversation. Yeah. I, it's funny that you say mention food because I, that's one of my big things is food, 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 like make their favorite cookie. Like yesterday was our last day off all of us before we headed back to work. And I had not made chocolate chip cookies like the entire break. I was trying, I mean, there was so much other food, but the boys were like, oh, 
you're going to make, and you know, and we just sat around in the kitchen and I, oh my gosh, you know, they were gone in, in, a, in an hour, but you know what? It was fun. And we all hung out. It's a good answer. And another way to like, I call it bribery. Like it is bribery. Like if you, that first time and you're not sure, it's like, you know, I, I was just thinking, you know what their favorite dinner is like have it to stay. We're going to have such and such for dinner, but I really want to have this 15 minute talk with you first or whatever. So yeah, food is, food is key girl or boy. The yeah. Teenagers, they love to eat. That's true. That is true. Very much. Mel, this has been a fabulous conversation. You have some incredible resources for us. Can you tell us about it and how to reach you? Yes. Okay. So first I have a book, it's called college bound, the ultimate list of conversations to help your teen through high school. So it's, um, it's not every conversation, obviously, that you need to have, but it's 14 really important ones. And then once you get used to the idea of doing this, have more. I have a weekly newsletter. Um, if you want to jump on there, there's a, a link to um, my Parenting High Schoolers High School Survival Kit. I'll put it in the notes for sure. Okay. So that's a great resource for parents to use as you wherever they are in high school, it'd be great in the beginning, but it's a way to keep track of everything. And really the job is to get your kid to keep track of it, but it's a way for you to start together and it's very organized and then they can just kind of keep up with it. Oh, and I have a parenting course just real briefly. It's um, five modules. None of them are more than like 10 minutes. It's like reconnecting with your teen. So if you're at a space, they're really easy to implement strategies Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mel, we'll definitely have a couple of links in the, uh, in the description. So parents make sure that you grab that after this conversation and connect with Mel and let her help you with your family relationships. Thanks. One more thing. You're going to be in our summit. We have a summit. I am. Yes, that's right. Um, we have an online parenting summit called next phase parenting summit, which is January 24th through the 27th, totally free. And I bet Denise will be putting it in her newsletter and everywhere else. So on Facebook, um, we would love to have, have you, any parents. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Mel, for being with us. And parents, make sure you check those, uh, those links at the bottom. And Mel, we'll be seeing you again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's DebtFreeDegreePodcast.com. See you next time.